0: Chad and Zay.
1: All right, let's go. Hour number three on a Thursday. I just love thinking about the studio sometimes. (laughs) Who's the person that got to stand in front of the mic and just go, And the producer that thought that up, hey, hey, just stand in front of the mic and do this. Uh, for about 10 seconds. That's all I need. Okay. It's and, crazy because a
0: lot of stuff like that is sampled. Like they'll just hear it in yeah. a random song that was made in 1968. these true. producers will just take it and take that part
1: yeah. and run with it. That's true. This could be like from some Earth, Wind, and Fire song yeah. from back in the yeah. day. And it flows. No, this is a Pink Floyd song. You don't know about that from the 60s? Yeah, it's perfect. It worked perfectly. All right, uh, hour number three, Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. Picks out a beat for you to start every third hour. What do you got, Zay? The dog pound. Dog
0: Mm. pound for life. Snoop Dogg, Das Dellinger, Corrupt. The dog pound. It definitely
1: sounds like something Snoop could rap over. Yeah. It has that feel. Yeah.
0: On the living, excuse me, Above the Rim soundtrack.
1: Ah, there you go. Yeah. That also needs to be a part of our discussion here because Above the Rim is now on the list for me of best soundtrack on worst movie.
0: People say it's the best movie soundtrack of all
1: time. I mean, you talk about a soundtrack helping carry a movie through.
0: Yeah. Wow. It did help a lot.
1: I got Above the Rim and Purple Rain on that list right now for sure. Soundtracks that can kind of make you forget about what the movie might not have been. Cause there's such good stuff on there. I mean, all the big time from the um, the the is it Nate? Was it Nate Dog? No, uh, no. I'm sorry, the Warren G. The Warren, oh, yeah, Warren G, the Warren G at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Snoop right Dogg is all through it. Obviously, Tupac's in there. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! There's I can't remember the exact scene where "Holler if you hear me" is going in the background.
0: Yeah, "Lady <laughs> of the Rage," Afro Puff, uh, Puff is on there. Okay, had some hits.
1: There's some good stuff on there. All right, we'll get to that discussion. We've obviously talked some NBA today. NBA Finals Game One tonight in the altitude, Miami and Denver, seven thirty on ABC. Denver. Uh, 65% winning percentage at home this year, 35% on the road. It is the biggest disparity between home and road for any team in NBA history. So they have taken advantage of their home court versus what they do on the road better than any team that's ever played. So just keep that in mind as you go into tonight. Uh, every Because every team in altitude is not awesome. I mean, otherwise the Rockies would have won like 10 World Series by now. Right? Uh, it's not the only thing, but they have taken advantage of that, and obviously they've taken advantage of the fact that they're really, really good. Um, we hit a little NBA Finals uh, coming up and Why Today Matters. I want to get Zay's thoughts on the NBA coaching carousel because we've had a couple hires that we haven't talked about. We'll get into that. We also found out a coach that's going to stay and a big-time team, uh, at least in name. Actually, they're pretty big-time right now, that's going to stay with their guy. We'll get into all that. Uh, And, of course, Texas baseball tomorrow at 1. If everything goes well tomorrow at this time, you won't hear us. You'll hear Texas baseball. And if you're a Longhorn fan, you're hoping that they're laying it on Louisiana by this time tomorrow. 1 o'clock start. 12.45 is the scheduled pregame. All right, Zay. So, once again, we're doing an album and movie swap. The album is Led Zeppelin 4 because Zay had not heard Led Zeppelin 4. We hadn't heard a Led Zeppelin album all the way through, and I thought, well let's get him let's get him a Led Zeppelin album to check out, and we went with Led Zeppelin 4. So you want to start with Zeppelin here? Let's get it. Okay, we're going to start with Zeppelin. You it is true you'd never heard any other albums. No before. Okay, no, I have not. Very
0: impressed, you know, going back to early 70s, I know they were an old band, but damn, uh, over 29 million records sold. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I always look at how long an album takes to make. We just talked about Omatic last week. Nas was working on that thing for four years. From 16 to 20, hmm. it took Led Zeppelin for four months. Is that right? Four freaking months. <laughs> so they were already coming off Led Zeppelin 3, which got mixed reviews. A lot of people didn't really like it because it was a lot different than their jazzy-ish vibe into rock and roll in the first mm-hmm. two albums. So four, as we all know, it changed history. And I was really impressed. It kind of starts with this song here, Rock and Roll, song that I saw that they opened with from 1972 To 1975, that was the opening song, every concert they played.
1: It's a great way to start a show. Right? I love this song. Yeah. This song never gets old. Released, this is late 71, the album comes out. I never hear rock and roll. There's a lot of songs I could say this about on this album. I never hear rock and roll and don't get into it. Like, it's still so good. Really? It's like it was, you could put that song out tomorrow and I think it still sounds fresh.
0: Yeah, it's a jam. Yeah. It's a jam. Very impressed with this album thought jimmy page was on point robert plant the lyrics man i thought john paul jones as you know all those guys john bonham as a drummer he was elite very impressed with this album a great listen i felt really bad that i haven't heard a lot of these songs before not gonna lie
1: no, it was weird. It, the reason I had you listen to this one is there are three songs that I consider like just standard Led Zeppelin songs that I think everybody should just be aware of if you're going to be a music fan, rock fan, whatever. Black Dog, the first song, Rock and Roll, and Stairway to Heaven. Those are the three. Now, there's other stuff on here that's really good, but those are the three that I think come back over and over again. They live. Those songs are living forever. Those three are never going away so what did you think of Stairway to Heaven? Had you heard it? Had you heard parts I of it have before? Heard parts or? of it. Okay. Yeah,
0: I have heard parts of it. I dug
1: it. Yeah, it even takes, though
0: it was a long ass song.
1: I know you're not into the long songs. That one takes a while, but yeah. it's a damn good long song.
0: Yeah, I dug it. Yeah. Let's go the Black Dog because I thought uh-huh. how that song came about was very cool and interesting. Where they recorded, or yeah, record the album, it was at this old ass house and or mansion like I want to say it's called the Headley Grange. and there would be a black dog. It wasn't theirs. It was kind of just homeless roaming around the neighborhood all the time, and they would feed it. Mm -hmm. And one night, it didn't come, and they were like, where's the black dog? And then it came home like the next day, and then they're like, that's a song.
1: (laughs) And that's why they called it Black Dog? That's why they called it Black Dog. God, I love Led Zeppelin. They are so wonderfully weird that way. They have a lot of weird titles throughout the years, and I love stories like that about why you get to a song. Yeah, Black Dog is an all-timer because – Everybody has a signature in that song. Yeah. Plant, you can't make that song without Robert Plant. Jimmy Page's guitar is incredible, and John Bonham's drums to me are almost perfect in that song. I love Robert Plant's voice.
0: I you I you I you Like, yo, this dude was on one. Yeah. And what's crazy, their producer said that. Yeah, these guys, they weren't really on the hard drugs, just some dope and cocaine. I was
1: like, all right, well. The lighter side. <laughs> I guess that's the, the light lighter side. lighter <laughs> side. Very nice. So recently I had my 16-year-old daughter listen to Led Zeppelin IV for the first time. The song that jumped out to her was Going to California. She really enjoyed that one, one of the kind of lesser tunes. Any other song jump out for you other than the big three? When the Levee Breaks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, shout out to Adam Wagner. I know this is one of his intro songs. That's true. And I always wonder, man, where is this coming from? I don't know why I never asked Wags, because I did the show with him for a couple of years now. Shout out to you, Wags. But yeah, man, when this comes on, I listen to the Wagner Wire, I always just started nodding my head. And when I heard it, I was like, okay, there we go. There you go. Yeah, that's a jam, too. Great album. I love that it was short and you could listen to every song over and over again. Yeah, was it eight songs? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's it. And even though Stairway is long, overall, every song's not near that long.
0: And I've heard this sampled on a lot of stuff. It's one of the most sampled drum riffs of all time. And I want to say that's why Bonham Mm
1: -hmm.
0: was so iconic
1: because of what he could do. The drums. Yeah, the recording of this song, I always loved that story. That old, the old place they recorded it in. It was like an old, like a British castle or just a yeah, large, like large house. Yeah, like an old
0: mansion. It of kind of haunted.
1: Everybody else was in one room and they put Bonham in a hallway for this song. So he's all alone on the drums and they, record, they put all the recording stuff out there in this hallway and that's how they got the sound. It's such a good song. This, so dope. When the levee breaks, sort takes its time in such a perfect way. Like, you can't rush that song. His drums don't let the song get rushed. It never gets too fast. It just keeps – it's like a musical train, and you can't stop it. It's it's about to – it'll crush your town, but you're going to really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, this didn't feel like homework for me at all. This feels like an album that I'll be jamming for the rest of my life. Led Zeppelin
1: 4, 8.5. 8.5 on the Zay System. That's a high score. That's a high score. I like it. I like it. All right, so Led Zeppelin 4, a success. That is good. What would you give it? Uh, uh, I'd probably get Led Zeppelin 4 for me. He's got to creep up into the A category. Yeah, That's an A record for me. Um, I would probably go, man, it's Zeppelin. As much respect as I have, I might go up to like into the nine five ish for them. For, for that album it's, just a, it's, a, it's a great record But it's also one I've listened to Probably 10-15 times All right. the way through um, Misty Mountain Hops A great song and f- I mean even the lesser songs To me on that one That's a great qu- A good game to play What's the worst song On Led Zeppelin 4 I'm not sure What I would do there Maybe Four Sticks Is the worst song On that album I love Four Sticks But it's a great song I, mean, I, I, I like the guitars on that I don't know what it is I don't know what the I had it pulled up here What is the worst song On Led Zeppelin 4 Misery Mountain? Misty Mountain Hop. I love love Misty Mountain Hop. Oh, my God. I love it. It may be (gasps) the Battle of Evermore. To me, might be the worst song on that album, and it's still really good. I mean, that's a a pretty tight song, and I think it might be the worst. You don't like the mandolin instrument on that one? No, it's, it's great. That's what I'm telling you. I like them all. But if you're trying to pick a worst one, that's how good an album that is. If that's the worst song on that album, so that was 1971. Then many years later, in 1994, I'm learning that a lot of 1994 matters to Zay. That's what I'm learning about you. 1994 music and movies matter to you, including Above the Rim, March 22nd, 1994. It was a good time. All right, so uh, it is a wonderfully over the top movie. I really, en- overall, I enjoyed it. But I will say, of these movies we were just talking about, the crazy – I've, I've decided, say the most realistic beginning scene we have, Blue Chips, Last Boy Scout, or this, I think it's Blue Chips. <laughs> as silly as it is, and you're right, as silly as it is for a coach to destroy his locker room before the game, I could, I could see that happening before I could see the Last Boy Scout scene at the beginning with the – Billy the, Blanks. The Billy Blanks and craziness and the start of Above the Rim. I would love to know how somebody decided that this would be the moment that controls this movie. My man spoiler alert if you haven't seen Above the Rim. We got to get into the details here. My man busted a backboard and fell off a building in 25 seconds into this movie and dude screams, "Not so!" <laughs> Not so. And the rest of the movie's based on that. What in the world? Okay, so it's weird
0: because slapping the backboard, it, it was a thing growing up because it showed your hops. How and, high you could get, yeah. Yeah, when you're a kid, you can't touch rim yet, and it's New York, so a lot of those nets are chain nets or uh-huh. non existent. Right. So there's no really like, let's go grab the net, you slap the glass. Yeah. So, so how, if how- you're Tommy Shepard and Nutso, who were, they were wearing their Letterman jackets, so I'm guessing high school. If you're going to slap the glass, you probably want to make sure that when you fall, it's not off a building. Like, where you slap glass is very important, you know?
1: You gotta help me, Zay. I have not attended the big games at Rucker Park and other places around New York and Harlem and everything. I don't remember hearing about them being on top of buildings. How many of the big basketball games that these guys are involved in are on top of a building?
0: Not many. There might be that little little court or goal like we saw there, because it's New York, it's the Mecca of basketball. They'll probably put and, a goal anywhere, probably in a graveyard if they could. And,
1: but and, that's yeah, I don't I don't get it either. And my guy can't use that for fuel. Like deep down, you have to know that's a stupid thing to do. He may have been your best friend in the world, but if he is trying to match you on touching uh, high up the glass, and he ends up falling off that building and dying, it's because he's an idiot, all right? It's because he's a moron. His name was Nutso for a reason. His name is Nutso, right? You're saying it as he's nuts. Fa- nutso! Yes, that is Nutso. That's a stupid thing to do. He deserved to die, okay? He deserved to die. So, use it as fuel and make him your guy. That made
0: him not play basketball? Yo, nobody knew about PTSD in 94. Oh, my God. Especially in the black culture? Come on. And no one blamed him for it. I never
1: heard one person say they were blaming him for it. PTSD in the black culture in the 90s means you're on crack cocaine. Oh, my God. So, from that point to the end, I actually thought we had a decent movie going on. I just kept coming back to that one scene. But um, a, a pretty wild cast. Uh, Tupac was great. Tupac has already... uh, By this point, I think he'd already shown that he could act. He's been in a couple other things by this point. he was
0: in Juice, which is a classic cult following movie.
1: And am I reading correctly? This is the last movie that came out before he died, technically?
0: No, no. Um... Dang it.
1: The last movie released, I think, before he died.
0: No, he did some stuff. Or he did stuff. something else? Yeah, right around when he died, okay. when he was a cop or undercover cop or something. I forgot what it was called. It wasn't very good.
1: He was great. Uh, Le- Leon is the name of the actor that played Shepard, and I never knew that. And you helped me so much figuring out who the hell that guy is. I'm like, where have I seen him? Where have I seen him? And then you said... <laughs> David Ruffin.
0: (laughs) He was David Ruffin in the Temptations biopic. Yes.
1: The Temptations ain't nothing without David Ruffin. That's who he is. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. He's a perfect casting here because he is just like he can just stand there and be handsome. He's a really good looking dude. They needed him to be that. You know, the, the the brooding, handsome, tortured soul, like he does that well. Uh, Tanya Pinkins as the mom. Hello. Oh, yeah. Well played. She's a baddie. Well played. Um, Dwayne Martin as, uh, I, I don't know, Dwayne Martin as Kyle. I've never really seen him in anything else. He was good, though. <laughs>
0: Dwayne Martin, he's in white man. He's in white man can't jump. When they're like, that is too easy. No, 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 no. Oh, that's that's him. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I didn't realize. that. And then he was on like a very cheesy UPN black sitcom called Uh, All of Us with Lisa Ray, which I watched because of her. I mean, y'all know Players Club. That's that's why you watch that show. But Uh, yeah, Dwayne Martin, he's a B list black actor.
1: Here's the only mistake the movie made for me. This is a strictly personal thing. Because sometimes, you know, there's some comics that no matter how hard they try, you just don't think they're funny. So the guy that was supposed to be funny is Marlon Wayans. I've never thought Marlon Wayans was funny. Really? When they put – there was a run of movies where they would put Marlon and – what's his brother's name? Sean. Uh, And Sean. Thank you. And it got – it was so silly and typecasted where every time I saw them together, Marlon was supposed to be the pothead and Sean was maybe gay. Like, that was the thing for so long. Uh, and I love the Wayans family. Damon, really funny to me. Keenan Ivory, great. Kim, great. Those two guys were just never funny to me. So he had one line when they're in the car with the guy. What's the guy's name that was on With Harris. With Harris, yes. When he had that line about, you may need to get a friend or a dog or something. Yeah. Like, that one line was funny. But then they took another guy that I think's one of the greatest comedians that may have ever lived and made him not funny, which is Bernie Mac. Right, that character's not really funny. So I wish they could have maybe switched those two guys, and it would have been better for me personally. Uh, so the movie was even more serious for me because I wasn't really laughing a whole lot at Wayans. But I get why he was there. A lot of people love him. A lot of people, and he's going to bring a lightheartedness to it, which the movie needed. It's a very serious movie in a lot of ways, so he was trying to bring a little bit of the the, the lightness there, and he did a pretty good job as
0: Boogaloo, or Bugaloo. So Marlon, didn't make you laugh when he went up and dunked it, and it was clearly not on an eight-foot rim like majority of the dunks in this movie? (laughs) No, I didn't even notice. Talk about how athletic was that tournament, though. The shootout tournament? How many D1 slash future pros
1: were in that tournament I would ho- all the highlights that you saw? I would hope there were a lot of scouts watching. <laughs> there was a lot going on. A lot going on. And then, again, every single time Shep is taking a jumper and burying a jumper late in that movie, I'm thinking, you put all that on hold because the dude fell off a building? Yeah, he was scarred. Oh, my God. Yo, get, Tommy, get this man a therapist. Tommy
0: Shepard just showed up to the court, got elbowed twice, and flipped, and then put up 40 in like 10 minutes. And he was
1: in like a long sweater and like- Oh, corduroys. He was in dress pants. Yeah, he was in like corduroy pants.
0: (laughs) And was he wearing like (laughs) dress shoes? (laughs) I think he had some kicks. They didn't show him much, but he had some kicks. What the hell was going on? Yeah, he had Pac, aka Birdie, very hot. He had a lot on that game.
1: There was a lot of good overacting in this movie. At times, Tupac overacted a little bit. Bernie was way over the top for most of it. Um, But it was good. I believed Tupac. I believed every bit of it. A little bit of a wild moment there at the end. Spoiler alert. Where Tupac's character does not survive, ultimately, the end of this movie. Yeah, very ironic. Uh, And then you got, you know, a couple years later what happened in real life. But, uh, yeah, it was was wild. So, Zay, grade-wise, I will, out of respect for everybody involved, we'll crawl this up into the sevens. I'll go 7-1 on Above the Rim, if we had figured out a different way to work that Nutso scene, I might have gone up to like seven five seven seven. but I'm sorry. We're basing the entire movie on that. It is one of the dumbest ideas I have ever seen to start a movie. Ever. Like, it's so unrealistic. They could have had a 7.47 run out of fuel and crush him from the sky, and it would have been more believable than what they did.
0: Yeah, it was a tough night for Nutso. It really was. <laughs> Tough night for him. You know? And
1: Shep let it change his whole life. Yeah. Shep go to his funeral and tell someone, and it was kind of stupid what he did. His mama just died, Chad. Tupac, his brother's a, oh, a
0: thug that's selling cocaine
1: God. and stuff. Like, life ain't the best. No, it was not. Until I, I get meet, that.
0: Until he meets Dwayne Martin, Kyle's mama. Yeah, and that changed his life.
1: That might have changed see my See what life a good too. sister could do. He stopped just drinking water at the diner after that. Uh uh-huh. huh. And that white
0: skinned wait, that white skin waitress was throwing it all at him. She sat down way against uh, what she was supposed <laughs> to be doing. Like you're supposed to be waiting tables, lady. You ain't supposed to be sitting down with the customers. She talking about you need a sister that I can cook you a home cooked meal. That's true. Funny. And he didn't take that. Yeah, he
1: was scarred. By the way, he that, was They they casted that one perfectly too. The way they made her hair look. They made her look just unattractive enough for him. It was perfect. Perfect, because he's handsome as hell sitting there, and she walks up with, she's been working all day, she's got the waitress gig going, but they made that hair just frizzy enough. Yeah. Just frizzy and and no makeup. You know, they put her in no makeup. They tried to make her a little bit look like an ugly duckling there. It was perfect. True. chef tougher than me,
0: I would have asked her, what can you make? (laughs) What you cooking tonight?
1: You know, I haven't had chicken and dumplings in a while. Yeah, can you
0: make collard greens? (laughs) You got hot sauce at the crib? (laughs) What's up? You know what I'm saying? Because the way that she was talking— she was going to yeah. change that brother's oh, life.
1: Absolutely. And he needed
0: that. Absolutely. He, he needed that. You know me, Chad. It's a rated R movie. If they would have had Shep smashing on Kyle's mama. Oh, here we go. Sometime throughout the movie. I don't know when it, it might have been after Dwayne threw that little tipper tantrum in the locker room where he pushed him and Leon walked out. Might have been after that. I don't know where you would have fit it in. But if they would have done that, this could have been a nine for me. They did Seven 7.5.
1: I like how oh, seven point five. Okay, I like how every movie could be improved with a sex scene with you. Every I like single that. movie every can be improved. Every single movie, absolutely. Zay's breaking it down. You know, I thought Twelve Angry Men had its moments, but if they could have just stopped and showed one of the jurors just going at it one night during the case, I really would. It really would have brought it home for me. Oh my God! All right, there you go. Above the rim. And Led Zeppelin 4. I'm glad you enjoyed Led Zeppelin 4. That's, that's good. Yeah, great I, album. Yeah, I didn't think that one was much of a reach. So, yes, with the movies, we've been going crazy lately. But with the albums, we've been staying pretty consistent on some great albums. Last week, uh, I checked out that Illmatic album from Nas. And this week, Zay's checking out Led Zeppelin 4. So, we'll have to think on uh, on what we want to do next week.
0: Yeah, shout out to John Thompson for taking a risk on Kyle Dwayne Martin.
1: How about Troubled that?
0: kid, just like Allen Iverson. That yep. was that might have been the most truthful thing that we saw in that movie because just like AI and the bowling incident, mm-hmm. we know Kyle was troubled, not getting many looks, a little bit of a ball you know, cuss out his coach and his teammates and stuff, worried about playing with a drug dealer, and John Thompson took that risk, got him on the team, and he hitting big shots for you in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm.
1: Big shot, <laughs> big shot. and Bill Raftery, shout out for a little cameo, cameo oh, yeah, solid,
0: <laughs> quick cameo.
1: <laughs> I wonder how long that took to film after he shows up for like a day. (laughs) <laughs> Just real quick, yeah. No, we'll do a little a couple questions. We'll be done. All right, uh, coming up, why today matters. It is June first. Got some news in the NBA. Another job gets filled, uh, and there's a job that does not need to be filled. We'll get into that. Plus more talk about the NBA Finals getting started tonight. Uh, if you're a Longhorn fan, you know about Dylan Mitchell coming back. Another big name, big man, big name coming back in college basketball. We'll hit you with that too. Don't move. It's the horn.
0: Chad and Zay
1: It's a shame how quick that edit had to happen Is was was that an edit or was that just a Yeah well, Gotta
0: right. be careful
1: Yeah all right, so this is Ice Cube and It's a Good Day. Yep. Where, if you're going rap songs of all time, where's this one? Top five. Okay. Not I would have assumed close. it's high. Yeah.
0: I would have assumed. Yeah, man.
1: Because if you're putting together the ideas of what a good rap song is, I would think this has to be in the discussion. I mean, how elite
0: of an athlete was Ice Cube. To do all these things, drop triple doubles. I mean, come on now. Clear, void Jackers hanging out with Kim, who could go all night.
1: Mm, invent basketball leagues later yeah. on. I mean, come on. <laughs> he could do it all. <laughs> he could do everything.
0: By the way, shout out to our guy Jeff Howe, like the Tower Horns 24-7. That movie that Tupac was in in his later era, Gridlock, Tim Roth. Okay. They're both like undercover cops. Very good. And Dwayne Martin, also the agent for Willie Beeman, in any given Sunday.
1: Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, he's he's really good. I guess he does kind of have that quality where he can kind of blend in to scenes. He sort of did in this movie because there's big dogs in the scenes with him. Yeah. It's kind of hard to stand out when you're uh, when you're in scenes with Wood Harris and Tupac. That's kind of tough. Wood Harris, Tupac, and Bernie Mac. Okay, stand out. And it's kind of hard to do. Yeah, Wood Harris is one of the most underrated actors of all time. I love him. Man, he is so good. So good. Um, yeah, he's 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 a beast. They are uh, that uh, above the rim. Definitely one of those guilty pleasure movies I think I'll go back to. I'll go back to that one a few times. Yeah. I still don't understand the nutso thing, but I'm sure a lot of people don't understand. Was that Disgust when it came out? Was the did, did the issue of the nutso thing get discussed, or is it just my OCD ass going? Well, y'all know that's you're not falling off a building at a basketball game. Like, what are we? I don't
0: understand. Yeah, that's why they're on the roof. I mean, we're not from New York, so that might be a thing. Have if you, we're
1: from New York, we could relate a
0: little bit more. You know.
1: Have you ever? Ever seen a TV show or a movie that depicts a basketball game on the streets of New York, where where they're where they're ten feet off the ground, much less four stories?
0: That's what I'm saying. It wasn't a basketball game. These guys are just kind of I don't know what they're doing. They're just it's the two of them not playing a pickup one on one game, but just kind of goofing around.
1: And also. I don't care how cold it is outside. Are y'all both really wearing your Letterman jackets playing basketball? Yeah, it's New York! Come on, movie makers, y'all really had to let me know they were in high school to that degree? Let's put them in their Letterman jackets. What are we doing? All right, uh, there you go. Once I got past the first scene, I really enjoyed Above the Rim. The first scene is just everybody had to be high, or not even just high. That's an insult to marijuana. Everybody did all the drugs to make that first scene. Oh, yeah. That's crazy, man. All right, so uh, a little above the rim and Led Zeppelin talk today. We've also gotten some NBA Finals talk in. Let's hit a little more of the basketball side of things because there's a, a few angles to get to. Why Today Matters, June 1st. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303. Or sinusnoringent.com. Zay, I want to get your thoughts on some of the other basketball stories today. We hit the Dylan Mitchell story. We can come back to that one. But I saw Zach. It's Zach Eady, correct? The big man from Purdue? Yes. He is coming back to Purdue. How surprised were you to see that?
0: Not surprised at all. He is not an NBA player. Yes, he's big, but he's like... A even worse version of Boban, who if Boban wasn't in John Wick 3, I don't know if Boban would still be in the league. Like, Boban's good for commercials and stuff, but he ain't worth a flip. So Uh. he's a
1: big that's just – too clunky for the league.
0: Yeah, just too clunky, you okay. know, too slow with how the NBA is and the fast pace. You know, you got to be somebody like a Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, and he doesn't have that ball handling and passing ability, so it would be tough for him to have a lengthy career in the NBA. This was the right choice coming back to Purdue.
1: Okay, so watch out for E D at Purdue again and, next and that's year. Scar-
0: and that's scary, him coming back. I look for him to be the national player of the
1: year once again. That's something to watch for. Yeah, and they were obviously good this year as well. Uh, Okay, so I also saw Andre Jackson Jr. is not coming back to UConn. He will stay in the draft. Did that surprise you at all?
0: No. I mean, you got to strike while the iron's hot. They just won a national championship, and he was a big part. He's a Swiss Army Knife guy, and I compared him a lot to Timmy Allen, but his athleticism is NBA level where Timmy Allen isn't that type of athlete. You're not going to see Timmy Allen ducking on guys and you know doing crazy reverse layups like you'll see in Andre Jackson. He can Mm -hmm. really go if he improves his shot, which that's going to take a while. He has a really funky form really funky release if he gets that tightened up then he could be a steal in this draft but yeah he's a he's an interesting guy I mean he could put the ball on the deck he created a lot of their offense and allowed Newton and other guys and Hawkins to play off him and you know Sanogo those guys he was really good of setting them up and on defensive end he could guard one through four he's a very tough player I like Andre Jackson a lot.
1: All right, so in terms of the NBA coaching side, now we're starting to see some retreads, find new homes. We haven't talked about Nick Nurse to Philly. What do you think about that matchup? Nick Nurse will now be trying to figure out Joel Embiid and and, and Harden and how it all works.
0: Yeah, and who knows what's going to happen with James Harden this summer. There's been rumors about him going back to Houston, which would be very weird, but a lot of life is about comfort. A lot of people don't change jobs, even if it might be a better opportunity because they're comfortable where they're at. James Harden, being in Houston as long as he was, having a restaurant there, he might just want to come back because he's comfortable there, Mm. which I don't agree with the mood. Like, James Harden, you're too good of a player, being a top 75 player of all time, future Hall of Famer to not go ring-chasing. And I'm not saying you go the Kevin Durant route and join like a Warriors-type situation, but you were one game away from beating the Boston Celtics and getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Who knows what would have happened if Joel Embiid was healthy. They just got rid of Doc Rivers, like you said, for Nick Nurse. I don't know if he's much better than Doc you know yes he has that ring with the Toronto Raptors but Kawhi Leonard had a lot to do with that. Right. And yes Nick Nurse is a good coach but can he get the Philadelphia 76ers if they kept James Harden over the hump? I don't know, a lot of that has to do with the players like most you know most of the time it does and Joel Embiid's health and durability.
1: Nick Nurse needs to prove he's spolstra. He has that ability. Right. To be to get the respect down the line for the coaching and it not just be about one big player that you've that you've coached. Uh the other one I saw today was Monty Williams. Retreads back to Detroit, and he's now the highest paid coach ever in the NBA. Six years, seventy-eight point five million dollars. Monty Williams in Detroit. What do you think?
0: I mean, clearly he has a lot of say. You know, I don't think he would have taken this job for a team that is you know, regrouping and starting over and trying to get a very high draft pick. I don't think he would have chose to go to Detroit if he didn't have a lot of say in that front office in a lot of their decision making. We know that with the new owner from the Suns who had that little incident with Nikola Jokic in the playoffs, he wasn't a Monty Williams guy at all. He was. Hmm. He couldn't wait for to get Monty Williams out. Whether that's fair or not, hey, we know it's the NBA. That's just how it works. Monty Williams is a very good coach. I thought Detroit would have been a lot better than having the worst record in the league if Cade Cunningham didn't get hurt like 10 games in and was out the rest of the season with that knee injury. They got a couple of guys in Jaden Duran and Jaden Ivey that I like. If Kay Cunningham comes back and could be that number one pick like we all suspect him to be, then this could be a good job. But there's a reason why it's a six-year deal, because he'll have a couple of bad seasons, and if he could turn them around just by some of the decisions they make in the draft and free agency, then maybe this could be a playoff
1: contender. So a team that's gonna stick with their guy, Joe Mazzula, we now found out, will be back in Boston. Uh Brad Stevens, their president, I guess is the title for him. He announces they will go with Missoula. You think it's the right move?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's the right move. You know, um Brad Stevens, he'll get you he'll give you a chance. And Joe Mazzula, I know he got a lot of heat this playoff, this postseason, but what he did those last three games to be down 3-0 and to come back again, if Jason Tatum didn't get hurt, who knows what would have happened in Game 7. Right. We have no idea. Jason Tatum had 51 points in the Game 7 in the previous series against the 76ers. So he could have really came to play, and that changed the whole game 26 seconds in. Joe Missoula he's going to have a lot on the line this upcoming season and the Celtics they're going to have a lot of decisions to make with Jalen Brown's contract I know those eight turnovers look bad but Jalen Brown was second team all NBA he's a top 20 player in the league you're going to have to pay him something do I think it's 295 million something hell to the no but like I said earlier this week take a page out of that Tom Brady book You know, take a page out of that Tim Duncan book. If you want to be successful and have a really good team, you got to take less money and you're a millionaire anyway. Save it. Like you don't hmm. need to be one of those prideful guys and look at yourself as the top, you know, one of the top two-way shooting guards in the league. That's cool and all, but that's loser talk if you're just looking at the payday. If you want to win, which they're still really close, there's about six teams in the league that have championship aspirations, and the Celtics are one of them. It's just they had some bad luck during this playoff run. Jalen Brown's gonna have to take less money next year when Jason Tatum his contract's up. He's going to have to take less money, and if they do that, get rid of Al Holford because he's old and he's washed, bring in a big man that could guard and maybe step out and hit the three, play Robert Williams more. They had bad luck with Malcolm Brogdon getting hurt with his elbow. He was sixth man of the year this year. So you can't put all of that negative, bad basketball on Joe Mazzulla, even though he did have some mistakes not calling timeouts at the right time. I think those will get corrected because – He's had experience. So experience, that's that's the best test that you could get. The more experience you have, the easier things will come. Just ask Eric Spolstra. Talk about experience. Yep. You don't gotta worry about getting fired. We heard Alex talk about that at 1230 with us. So I think Joe Missoula deserves another year or so, and we'll see what happens with what the Celtics do with the roster.
1: Missoula, still the man in Boston. Coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds. There's another NBA team that needs a coach. Uh, I'll get Zay's thoughts on the guys they are reportedly looking at. Plus, we'll hit you with a couple more thoughts on tonight's NBA Finals Game 1, Miami and Denver. 7.30 on ABC. When we are done, it is Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Hard, so keep it Right here on the horn,
0: Chad and Zay. She get hers before I'm going to take it slow.
1: Just about done on a Thursday. All right, I'm hearing the auto tune is. Is that what that's called? Yep. That's what that technology is. I got a shot here, right? Do I have a shot? Yeah. Maybe? Maybe. Usher? Nah. Damn it. Who is it?
0: Snoop Dogg. What?
1: That's Snoop? (laughs) That's Snoop. Oh, you did that just to freak me out. Yeah.
0: What is Snoop Dogg doing on an auto tune song? Sexual eruption, sexual seduction, whatever you wanna call it.
1: Wow. Like, am I crazy for hearing Usher in that song? Is that nuts? No, it's how, different. How about that? When you auto tune Snoop Dogg, he sounds like Usher to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm not used to hearing him do this kind of. I mean, that's not even rapping, right? It's singing. Yeah. yeah. Him trying to sing is weird. When Eminem tried to sing on a track, it was weird. That was a weird thing to hear. What do you mean, like Superman? Uh, was it Superman where he did it, or was it the one about uh, the song about his daughter? There was one like he literally lays it out for you. Oh, I, I, I can't sing, but I'm gonna try to sing. Uh, I think it's the one about Haley. Okay, I think
0: it's the song about Superman's Haley. a jam.
1: Superman is very good, yeah. No, that's just that's just art, Superman. That's a whole yeah. other thing. He'd figured it out by then. Uh, all right, so Snoop Dogg with the auto-tune, Ice Cube without the auto-tune, except Iron Maiden, The Eagles, Tom Robinson Band all on the show today, plus the Dog Pound beat earlier this hour. We talked about Led Zeppelin 4 and Above the Rim this hour. My life will never be the same after what happened to Nutso. I should not have gone to that funeral either. If I'd attended the Nutso funeral... I would have just walked around talking to everybody about. He fell off a. Bi- Wait a minute. he What? What happened? He was in a contest to see how high you could jump on a backboard and he fell off a building? What kind of a moron does that? All right, we gotta get Chad out of here. Chad's gotta get kicked out of the funeral.
0: Just try to grab the rim, not so. Or don't bet. Don't make that bet. You know what I'm saying? Like, if your homeboy tries to bet you and it's going to risk your life, it ain't worth it.
1: Yeah, ain't worth that money. And also, I'd like to point out that even Kevin Garnett, in his prime, trying to do that, could never fall off a building. The the human body can't move like that. It's it's impossible. It doesn't make any sense. I'm so sorry to keep going back to it, but I can't get it out of my mind. All right. uh, Before we get out of here, let's go stems and seeds, a little more basketball, and then we're done.
0: No stress, no stress.
1: No brought to you by av consultations 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com both of us have denver in 5 they're going to altitude tonight just so you know just so you know 5280 feet in denver miami is 6 feet Oh, above sea level! Damn, <laughs> that's a huge difference. That's the difference. Um, all right, so Zay, real quick, Phoenix apparently is looking at Doc Rivers, Frank Vogel, and Kevin Young uh, as a, a possible new head coach. Any of those stick out to you? Or you like somebody else? I don't know who else is there. Would you I'm hire the J.J. Redick? Would you yeah. hire Doc? No. Now, now, Toronto was the one looking at J.J. I don't know if Phoenix really looked at it
0: go back and look at J.J. Reddick.
1: You like the, you like him as an idea? I don't know. At this point, I'd rather have J.J.
0: than Doc Rivers. You don't want to see that retread happen again? No. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, they don't deserve that. And I don't think Doc is that bad, but nah, Doc has some bad energy that's behind him. What about, what about Vogel?
1: Hmm. Does he have a high level of respect among players? He does.
0: They won that bubble championship, but again, they call it the bubble championship for a reason, and when you're the coach of LeBron James, which Eric Spoelstra has gotten that monkey off his back, people don't give you that credit. For obvious yeah. reasons. Okay. It's LeBron James. He's an yeah. extra coach on the court, and he's arguably the greatest player of all time after Michael Jordan.
1: That is fair. Also in the NBA front, Eric Lewis, the referee. He's out of the finals, Zay, while they investigate the Twitter thing.
0: Yeah. You think?
1: You keep him away.
0: With a sketchy ass. <laughs>
1: Come on, man. I still we have, can't believe this. We have no idea that he did anything sketchy. He was just commenting on social media. I don't think he I haven't heard anything that would make me think it's over for him. He crossed the line, yeah. Find him and move on. But not the finals.
0: Yeah, probably not the finals. Send him to the G League. He Maybe. needs to be officiating Ron Holland next year. Are you got to send him away? Yeah, he needs a demotion.
1: <laughs> For like a year?
0: Yes. If he's not getting fired, he needs a demotion. A year of punishment. Go to the G League. Talk about those games. And bitch about that to, on social media and Twitter, and then maybe you could come back.
1: Hey man, why are you here? The burner account got me. That's why. That's a disgrace. The burner account. That's absolute disgrace. That is terrible. All right, and real quick, Zay with Dylan Mitchell back next year. Set some expectations for me. If I say Sweet Sixteen, is that fair? Yeah. 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 Okay. Elite Eight again? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Final Four? Uh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see.
1: Elite eight. Elite your, eight. That, was, yeah. Let's you think just, that's possible? Oh, yes.
0: Okay. Absolutely.
1: Sick. So, not just second weekend, second game of second weekend. Yeah. They need another wing. If
0: they could get Arthur Kaminga out of Creighton, look out.
1: Okay. Look out. All right. All right. It is Thursday. That means Rodden Hart's coming up with Ball Don't Lie. Then we got the Thursday night lineup for you. Seven o'clock, the Longhorn Blitz uh, podcast replay. Eight o'clock is in Sincerious with Patrick and the crew. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back for a little bit of a Friday show tomorrow and then Texas baseball. Y'all stay safe. See you.